Welcome to the Forward Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Now let's get ready to dive into today's message. We know you'll be blessed. So good to be in the house of the Lord with you today. Appreciate your pastor so very, very much. Amen. So proud of my daughter, Kayla. I just uh, stood over there beaming. Uh, while she was singing and there's nothing worse than when you're the guest preacher and someone out preaches you before you get up to preach and she did that so I guess it's all downhill after that but we're so glad to be here appreciate your pastor so very very much and for the opportunity to come and to uh, to speak to you today uh, your your growth and um, and the administrative aspects of your church are just outstanding uh you know it it just doesn't happen it happens because you have a good leader he and his wife have have, uh i'm sure they've gone through some challenging times but i'm telling you 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 really need to appreciate the man and woman of god placed in the house amen amen and uh and it's so good And, and that is my favorite title as grandfather i came to the i came to the conclusion that Every grandkid has a favorite, and I figured I might as well be the one, right? So I work hard at that <laughs> to, uh, to, to love my grandkids. Thank you for welcoming my family, for loving them, for caring for them, and um, taking care of uh, Charlie and, and Jack. Uh, his name, by the way, I don't know if you know his middle name, but I'll just let you know in case you didn't. It's Jack Timothy. All right. My name is Timothy. I'm just trying to get a plug in here, you know, because they got another one on the way, you know, and uh, I don't know if they'll, they probably won't do this. All right. They probably won't do this, but I'm the grandpa and I'm Timothy. And on the other side, Adam's father is named Rex. And I said, if you call him Timothy Rex, they'd be calling him T-Rex. Can, can you get any better than that? Amen. I don't think it gets any better than that as a kid. Amen. And uh, you're, you're looking at a guy that trips over dinosaurs all day long because we have a three-year-old uh, we adopted, picked him up at the hospital when he was just a baby, and that's all that he cares about. He, can, he knows dinosaurs, dinosaurs far more than I do. He'll, he can tell you which everyone is and what kind and what they do, and, and that's at three years old. He's a... Yeah, we love him to death, but uh, uh, he's a handful too. And uh, I told him, you know, when I when I dropped him off in the nursery, I said, "You you might need a number to call me." <laughs> I said, "He's he's a little aggressive. <laughs> he's he's a handful." And she said, "I think we got it." So I've been praying for them throughout the service today. Amen. Because I'm sure they need it. I'm going to take just a few moments and share with you from the Word of God. I'm going to be in the Book of Isaiah, chapter number forty. This is a verse that is so well known it's uh it's on bumper stickers and billboards and artwork and you might have a quilt with it at home with this verse on it but it's just one of the most beautiful verses in the bible but there's a reason for that and i'm going to be looking in isaiah chapter number 40 and verse number 28 29 30 and 31 isaiah chapter 40 verse number 28 here's how it goes hast thou not known hast thou not heard Yes, you may stand as we reverence the word today. If you're unable to, we understand that. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. 
He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. Verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Can you say amen to the word? Amen. Would you stretch your hand toward heaven? Would you just pray with us? Father, thank you for your word. God, I pray you would open up our hearts to receive it. Give us a mind to understand it, God. Give us a will that will work it out in our life. God, I pray that you will minister in this place today. God, I ask that you would do what only you can do. God, I pray you would just speak to our hearts. And when everything is done, you will get all the honor and the glory as we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Can we say amen together? Amen. You may be seated. In our text that we read, it begins talking about some of the attributes of God. It talks about how God is eternal. He's everlasting. He's our creator. He's an omniscient God, a God that knows everything. It says uh, there's no searching his understanding. He never gets tired. He never faints. But then it turns around and talks about us human beings. He talks about how we faint, have, how we have no might, that we are weak and weary, we have no strength, that we utterly fall at times. And it says that God, he's the one that increases our strength. He says, even if you're young, I'm glad to look around the house today and see a lot of young folk. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. But even if you're young, he says, that, uh, that you can even fail and, uh, and, uh, and go through a challenging and difficult time. You see, we all get tired spiritually sometimes. Sometimes we go through some spiritual drought, some challenges in our walk with God. Everyone faces them. Our joy will wither. Sometimes our strength weakens and our passion will dwindle down. But this is what God knew. He knew that you and I would face those kind of times he knew that we would go through the mountains the valleys the challenges of life and uh, an airplane engineer he doesn't build an airplane just to to uh, go cruise through the the normal atmosphere he knows that there will be times that will come across a storm and they build extra strength in those stress points knowing that it will face some challenging difficult times uh, listen uh, if an airplane engineer knows a little bit about an airplane and then it will do that how many of you know God knows that we will go through a few challenges in life, and I'm glad that he's built inside of us uh, something that will help us through those times. Listen, there's no time that you will ever face that's too hard for you. God said, I'll always bring you through it. Amen. He knows that. Amen. And so when we read our text today, it's no coincidence that Isaiah talks about waiting upon the Lord, renewing our strength. And then the very next phrase after that is, he says, you will mount up with wings as eagles. You see, the eagles mentioned 31 different times in the Bible. So it's very significant in the eyes of the Lord. And there are a lot of characteristics about it. But, the, but what Isaiah, I think he's doing, he's connecting what happens in an eagle's life, a 
amen, to, uh, to mounting up with those wings as eagles. Uh, it will go through a period of time in its life. At some point, an eagle will. We call it the molting process. Uh, I'm sure that you've heard that before, uh, that at some point it will find an isolated place, a rock. It will lay down upon that rock, and it will begin to examine its 7,200 feathers. And, and those feathers will begin to fall out automatically. Uh, if some of those are damaged, he'll pull those and pluck those out. Uh, and it's a difficult time in his life. Uh, his tear ducts begin to get clogged, uh, and his eyes get covered with matter. Uh, there, there's been a, a carbon uh, buildup on his beak. Those two little holes uh, are starting to be covered. And look at him as he lays there. Uh, he's laying there moaning and groaning and bleeding. Uh, it almost looks like he's in clinical depression. Uh, and it, it's a challenging time in his life. Uh, when he goes through that uh, and as he lays there in that state uh, many eagles don't, don't make it through that. Uh, every once in a while, one, some of them will die in that process. Uh, but uh, once again, God knows uh, what we face and what we go through. Uh, he built within the eagle something that will cause him to come up out of that uh, and to one day mount up with wings as eagles uh, again. Uh, and, uh, what's going to help him survive? Uh, what's going to help him come through this difficult, challenging time? Well, the first thing that I think that's going to help him is, is that he needs the help of others. And because here's what happens on the third day. How many of you know good things happen on the third day? <laughs> on the third day... He looks up, and eagles are soaring up above him, swirling around, making all kinds of noises while they're making those noises. I don't know exactly what they might be saying, but here's what I think they're saying. I think they're looking down, and they're saying, you can make it. Hang in there. And I've been through this just like you have. Don't give up. You're going to make it. And then listen to what they do. They fly over top of him, and with pinpoint accuracy and precision they drop pieces of fresh meat within inches of their beak amen and while it's laying there amen moaning and groaning he looks over and he grabs that piece of meat and begins to consume it and strength starts coming back into his body he gets the nutrients that he needs to start growing those feathers back and something happens while those other eagles begin to drop those pieces of meat down right in front of that eagle. I just come by to tell you today, you can't make it without the help of other people. We need each other. I said we need each other in the world that we live in today. We need each other more than we've ever needed each other before. Amen. Oh, we need a chat in these challenging days that we live. We need each other. We need to strengthen each other. We need to help each other. We need to love each other. Amen. Every one of us needs somebody. Somebody wrote the song, everybody needs somebody sometime. I come to the conclusion, everybody needs somebody all the time. I said, everybody needs somebody all the time. <laughs> I'm going to date myself. Is that okay? <laughs> and the Lone Ranger needed Tonto. <laughs> Yogi needed Boo Boo. Shaggy needed Scooby. And Sonny, Lord rest his soul, definitely needed Cher. <laughs> and Batman needed Robin. And I need Robin. <laughs> 
That's my wife's name. <laughs> you need somebody. We need somebody. We need each other in the body of Christ. It's so important. To, you see, when they begin to list the disciples, when Mark lists the disciples, uh, he says there was Peter and there was Andrew and there was James and there was John and there's a comma after every name. But when Matthew begins to list the disciples, uh, he does it a little bit differently. Uh, when he begins to list them, this is how he does it. Uh, he says there was Peter and Andrew. Uh, he says there was James and John. There was Philip and Bartholomew. There was Thomas and Matthew. And there was James and Thaddeus and Simon and Judas. What was he trying to say? He didn't look at them as individuals. He said, we need each other. When he looked at them, he said, they're a team. There's two there and there's two there and there's two there. There's one little word that makes a difference. It's the word and. Every one of us need an and. I said every one of us need an and in our life. We can't do this thing by ourselves. Amen. Uh, somebody, I preached at one church and some lady came up to me afterwards. She said, you're a high energy preacher. I tried to tone it back a little bit. <laughs> we used to sing the song, the old, old school song. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. Me and Jesus got it all worked out. That's not one of my favorite songs. I'm sorry. I hope I don't offend nobody if that's your song. But I want to tell you, yes, you need Jesus. But you need more than Jesus. You need air. You need food. <laughs> you need shelter. And can I tell you something? You need other people. I said, you need other people more than, more than you'll ever realize. You need somebody when you're down and out and you're going through this process and you think, I don't know if I can make it. It's so hard. It's so challenging. It's one of the lowest valleys I've been in. I don't know if I can make it through. Thank God that God sends somebody from the house of God that shows up and drops a little bit of meat down there and says, come on, you can do this. Give you a hug and say, you can make this. And they give you a word of encouragement. You could do this. Amen. You see, this thing called the church, a group of men did not sit around a table one day and say, I got an idea. And somebody says, what's your idea? He says, I think there ought to be a thing called the church. And I think we ought to put them in cities all over the world. And, and that way people can help each other. No, God knew what you needed. I said, God knew what you needed. He knew you need a church. I said he knew that you needed a church. You needed a group of believers that would gather around you, that would help you and strengthen you and encourage you and love you, that when you go through that difficult time, you're not alone, you're not by yourself. You got other eagles around you. I said you got other eagles around you. Dropping a piece of meat here and there along the way. Thank God for the church, the body of Christ. The assignment that God has given you is greater than your individual ability. You need somebody else. You have to have the help of others. Can I get an amen in the house? Amen. Oh, we need each other. Listen, can I just pull over and park for a minute? How many of you know this is a larger than normal church? You may not know that, but this, most churches are average like 70, 75, something like that. 
and everybody knows everybody in the church. I have a feeling that people who sit over here may never know that people come to church who sit over here and they are passing. You'll be sitting next to each other at a restaurant and say, I think I've seen them somewhere before. Can I tell you how important that it is that when it comes to the body of Christ, that you make sure you mingle in the fellowship, you introduce yourself to new people, and you find somebody you've never met before and just say, hey, I just want you to know we go to church together, and and let me take because there's going to be a day you're going to need somebody. You're going to need somebody to show up and drop a few pieces of meat to help you through your struggle. We need each other in the body of Christ because while eagles are up here circling, encouraging, dropping food, there's a vulture over here. And do you know, tell you what he's doing? He's saying, Fo boys, lunch is almost ready. As soon as he exhales and breathes that last breath, we'll be on him in a moment's time. We'll be all over him. We'll consume him with the gusto of a hound dog. We just can't wait. Listen, we need eagles in the house of God. I said, we don't need no vultures. I said, we don't need no vultures. <laughs> we need somebody that will encourage, somebody that will lift somebody up. Somebody will say, I'm here for you. And whatever it takes, I'm by your side. Because the ultimate vulture has already been talked about. He came to what? Kill and destroy. I'm glad I'm in a house full of eagles. Amen. Say amen. Amen. If you got to say amen, do it in self-defense sometimes. We need each other. If we're going to get our strength renewed, we have to help have the help of others. Number two, if we're going to get our strength renewed, the Bible says that we have to learn to wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. I, I kind of thought, Pastor, I had the wrong sermon because the first line of the first song says something like, we're not waiting. I said, maybe I missed it. That was different than what this is. All right? Wait upon the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't like to wait. The invention of the cell phone has brought you to the point that when you sit at a red light and it turns green, what happens? People just sit there. Pastor, there's a reason I don't put a clergy sticker on the back of my car. <laughs> I mean, I'm t I want to lay on that horn. Anybody with me? I mean, the, the spirit of the Lord's rising up and saying, don't do it. And I'm saying, I want to do it. So I have an alternative. I just sit there and kind of whisper to myself, it ain't going to get no greener. It ain't going to get no greener. I don't like waiting. I went to the doctor the other day and they put, I waited outside with everyone else coughing and sneezing for a long time. And then they put me in this little room and they say, the wait, the doctor will be in in just a minute. Listen, they're just a minute. My just a minute's really different. There's just a minute. It's a lot longer than my just a minute. And I get frustrated sometimes because I don't like waiting. But he's not talking about that kind of waiting. There's 17 different Hebrew words for the word wait. But can I tell you the word wait here is the ideal of waiting with anticipation. <clears throat> waiting with an expectation. How I many of you know you have a God that has never failed? You have a God that is faithful. You have a God that will never let you down. And you might have to wait a little while, but I'm telling you, God's going to show up right on time every time. Because we got a good God. Amen. I don't like waiting. 
But sometimes you got to wait. But what we're doing is we're waiting with expectation. We're not waiting with frustration. We have a spirit of expectation that we are waiting because we know that God's going to show up. God's going to move. I have no doubt about it. I don't care what the liar the devil says. I don't care how he gets on my shoulder and whispers to me and says, where is your God now? He's not been here. With, are you sure he's going to show up? I'm going to stop and say, I'm going to wait upon the Lord because I know he's on the way. And he's never been late. Hello? He's never been late. He's always right on time. I'll just wait a little while. Because something happens when you wait. <laughs> See, waiters are putting themselves in the position to receive from God. If you're not waiting, you get out of position. But I want to be waiting. You see, at the time when Jesus came, there was 400 years of silence. We call it the silent period, but it really wasn't silent because God was actually working during those 400 years. The reason we call it the silent period is because it was 400 years of no inspired written word of God at that particular time. But Daniel had written to us about the prince, the Messiah, about how he was coming. And when he wrote to us about that prince, he gave us actually a time frame in which he would show up. And those who studied the scripture knew that when, the, when Jesus, when John the Baptist come and that the, that the Messiah was right on the horizon that he was coming. And so they were waiting with great anticipation. They couldn't wait everybody's talking about it that's why Herod got so upset about a king coming because everybody's talking about there's a king that's coming we're waiting on him he's not here yet but he's coming there was a guy that was in the temple his name was Simeon he was an older gentleman this is what he said he said I'm not gonna die until I see the Christ the consolation of Israel I'm just gonna sit here and wait patiently I know that God told me what he told me and if it takes another year another month whatever I'm willing to wait until one day he watches as a young couple comes walking in carrying a baby and the Holy Spirit I believe witnessed with his spirit and said there's the one you don't have to wait no more you've waited patiently and here he is and he held him in his arms and he lifted him to the Lord and he said this is the one this is the one the wait is over listen there's coming a day when the wait will be over You say, but I've waited and waited and waited. you got a faithful God. He don't have a calendar or a watch. He just has his own time. If you have a spirit of expectation, God will show up. It's like the, it's like the lame man. Peter and John comes walking by. The Bible says that he was expecting something from them. He was expecting a few coins. But how many of you know he got more than what he expected? Can I tell you that's the kind of God that we have? If you have a spirit of expectation, God will show up and give you more than what you expected. He didn't leave there with a few coins. He went there through there running, leaping, praising God. He said, I got more than what I bargained for. Amen. When Bartimaeus threw off his coat... That was actually a sign of expectation because it was actually a jacket that they gave him that would tell everyone he's not a scammer. He's legitimately blind. He needs your help. Have mercy up on this man. When you walk by, give him a few coins. But whenever he heard about Jesus coming through and what Jesus could do, when he threw his coat off, he was telling everybody, I'm expecting to never pick that coat up again. I'm expecting never to have to beg again because he's coming by. And I want to tell you, God met his expectations.
expectation. I don't know about you, but I come today expecting something. I said I come today expecting something. I didn't come to expect to sit through another church service and check it off my list for the week. I come today to meet with God, and I'm glad that he showed up. I said he showed up. Hey, when you come with an expectation, he will meet you here. Hallelujah. Oh, you see, waiters put themselves in the position to receive from the Lord. Sometimes you just got to learn to wait. Can I get an amen? amen? Number three, renewed strength is actually exchanged strength. When you begin to look at that word renew in the Hebrew language, the literal definition of it means to change. All right? So it's doing something more than taking your strength and making it better. It's taking your strength away and giving you his strength. Can I get an amen in the house? I think I call that the great exchange. <laughs> you see that, that eagle, he waits and he waits and he waits and feathers start growing back. And he, he rubs his beak against the ground and those carbon deposits fall off. The, mat, the matting falls out of his eyes. And, uh, and all of a sudden, he's feeling that strength again. But he's just waiting for the right moment. He perches himself up on the edge of a cliff. He's just waiting, waiting, waiting. Can I tell you what he's waiting for? He's waiting for the perfect breeze to come. When he can spread his wings and mount up with wings as eagles. I want to tell you, there's a perfect breeze coming our direction. I said, there's a perfect breeze coming our direction. Thank God. I'm glad that I was in the house today to feel the breeze of the Holy Spirit sweep through this place and pick people up who are down and out and they can come and find a place of hope and help. I'm glad I'm in a spirit-filled church, aren't you? Feathers grow back. And all of a sudden, he realizes, I can see better than I've seen before. I can fly faster than I flew before. <laughs> Things are so much better. See, that's the ideal of the change. It's not just an equal change. It, it's the ideal of changing something for the better. Now, I don't know about you, but can I tell you something? There was a great exchange took place. When I was a young man, I didn't have any abilities. I didn't have any talents. I, w I didn't have anything. Pastor, this is the honest truth. I could not have a conversation looking you eyeball to eyeball. I was so backward and bashful. I went through all of high school. Oh, all of school from kindergarten all the way up through. We didn't have preschool back then. I never got up in front of the class once. If I knew my time for a book report was coming, I got up before my mom. I chewed up a bunch of crackers, spit them in the toilet. Oh, mom, I'm sick. My mom's pretty smart. She knew I wasn't sick. She knew it was book report day. She had mercy up on me and said, son, you can stay home today. <laughs> you see, this is the thing. I came to an altar one day. I really didn't have a lot to offer him. 
But I thank God that he met me there. And when he met me there, a great exchange took place. He took away my sin and gave me his righteousness. He took away a future that was not very bright and said, I'm going to give you a bright future. He took away an eternity that I would spend in hell apart from him. And he said, I got a place waiting for you up in heaven. He said, you got a life of ruin, heartache, and pain. But I exchanged that. I'm going to give you a life of fulfillment and love and happiness. And I want to tell you, God's been good to me. I said, he's been good to me. He's been good to you. There was a great exchange that took place that day. He exchanged death for life. He exchanged my mortality for his immortality. He exchanged my works for his grace. He exchanged my fear and anxiety for his peace. Jesus was punished. In exchange for that, he gave me forgiveness. He was wounded that I could be healed. He was made a church church curse so he could be changed, that I could receive a blessing. He endured poverty that I could have abundance. He endured rejection that I might be accepted by the Father. Amen. I want to say God is a God who comes up and says I want to make an exchange you just got to be willing to make it with me give me your burdens give me your sorrow give me your heartbreak and I'll give you the broken heart mender can you say amen (laughs) I'm in Alabama so I can say this okay Listen, folks in the south are much more polite than folks in the north. I'm just going to warn you when you go up there, all right? Be ready. Remember taking something back to Walmart? They said, got to see your receipt. It's got to be the exact one. Let me have your driver's license. I mean, I'm like, I'm feeling like a criminal. I'm thinking they're going to come and cuff me and stuff me any moment. I'm like, the next thing I was holding my arm out and saying, well, you want some blood? You know, they didn't want to exchange it. I mean, they like, they like, you know, finally, reluctantly, it was like, you're bothering me. I'm sitting over here looking at my phone and now I've got to take care of a customer. Come on. And And finally, after prying their fingers off it, they finally say, okay, we'll exchange it for you. I'm so glad that we have a God in heaven that's not like that. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that you got, you don't have to pry his fingers off of his blessings. You don't have to come and and say, oh, God, God, will you? And he'll say, no, 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 you please me, you do this. He just simply shows up and says, I'm willing, I want to, I love you, I care about you. You're my child. Hey, I got good things for you. Listen, he gives me far more than I ever deserved. Because we got a good God. I said, we've got a good God. I said, we've got a good God. He's blessed us. He's been good to us far above measure. Amen. There's an exchange that takes place. And last of all, and everybody said, amen. Everybody loves the phrase last of all. Can I tell you what last of all means to a preacher? Absolutely nothing. I told, him on, I told him on Thursday night, I said, uh, I'll tell you the same thing Elizabeth Taylor told her seventh husband. I won't keep you long. <laughs> he goes, and he gets on the perch, and he's going to mount 
with wings as eagles. An exchange has taken place. He feels it. He spreads those wings. He's waited because he's put himself in the position to receive. And all of a sudden, the wind comes. And he says, this is it. This is it. And he feels that wind get under his wings and pick him up. He doesn't have to flap his wings like other birds. He just starts rising higher and higher and higher. And he's looking down and he can see like he's never seen before. And his vision is so great. He's, he's got different eyelids to, to block the sun, to be able to see things that no one else can see. And, and, to, and, to, rain, and to have a depth finder of, of where something is underneath the water, how far it is, and know exactly where to dive in. He's like, man, this feels good. This is great. Hey, hey all I got to do is spread my wings. I didn't have to do anything else but spread my wings. And look what's happening. Now, that may not mean a lot to you. But if you're a hummingbird, and you've got to flap your wings 70 times a second, do all that work. I told somebody, I said, I'm glad I'm not the guy that had to sit there and try to count it. Some hummingbirds up to 200 times a a second. I didn't say minute. I said a second. <laughs> you know, there, there. I don't know about you, but that where that's why that's why when they say you eat like a bird, that means you have to eat twice your weight every day. They got to eat and take. You know, you think you think eating like a bird is just a little peck here and there. They got to flop. They got to they got to give it all they have. I want to tell you, you don't have to do anything to have renewed strength except put yourself in the right position and wait for the Holy Spirit to show up. Did you hear me? You don't have to do anything but wait for him to show up. And he will show up at the very right moment. He will pick you up. And you will think, I thought it was hopeless. I didn't think I would ever come up out of this again. I thought I would die here. I would backslide. I would be done with. But thank God he showed up right on time. Give him a good hand clap of praise in the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God is good. <laughs> Pastor said he looked and something up on Google. Listen, if it's on Google, it's true. <laughs> I heard this story. I had to look it up on Google. Some people said it was true and some said it's a myth. I don't know which it is. But it's a great story that fits into my sermon, so I'm going to share that with you, okay? The story goes that a farmer was out walking one day, and he looked down, and there was a baby eaglet laying on the ground. He looked up and saw the nest way up high. He knew that this eaglet had no hope because he knows that mama eagles will never abandon their children. Can I get an amen in the house? It lay there, and so he picks it up. He goes back to his farm. He doesn't really know what to do. He looks in his chicken coop. He says, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll take and put him in with the chickens. And so he puts him in with the chickens. For weeks, he's in there with the chickens. He doesn't know what to do except to watch what the chickens do and do what the chickens do. And so in his coop was a bunch of chickens 
walking around, scratching the dirt, pecking in the dirt, looking for grub worms, waiting for the, waiting for the farmer to come and, and bring a little seed and, and, and spread it out for them. And so he did the same thing. All he did was look down all day long, peck in the dirt and make weird sounds and just, and just try to act like a chicken. He had, no, he had no idea, he had no mirror to know that he was different. Well, one day, there were some eagles flying above the chicken coop. And so the farmer went and he picked up the baby eaglet and he went outside of the cage and he whispered in his ear, he said, you're not a chicken, you're an eagle. You weren't made to scratch in the dirt all day long. You were, look, you, you were made to fly like they fly. And they took him and he threw it up in the air. And all of a sudden, bam, it hits the ground. He says, how can I do this? What can I do? He goes up into the barn. You know how the barn has a, on the second floor, has a door that opens. He says, maybe I wasn't high enough. I'll get a little higher. He said, now listen, you are not a chicken. You weren't born a chicken. You weren't made to be a chicken. You don't have to scratch in the dirt all the time. You don't have to act like all those chickens over there. You were made to fly and to soar through the sky. He took that chicken. He said, you better be ready. He threw him out the window. He spread his wings just a little bit, and he awkwardly <laughs> flew just for a few feet <clears throat> and landed on the ground. He said, what am I going to do? How? He's, a, he's not a chicken. He's an eagle. He picks him up. He takes him to a cliff. He says, this is your last chance. You're not a chicken. Listen to me. You're not a chicken. You're not a chicken. You are an eagle. You are meant to soar, fly through the sky. You can do this. You can do this. I'm going to throw you out there. All you got to do is spread your wings. You ready? Here it goes. I love you, little eagle. He threw him out. The eagle starts falling like a rock, and all of a sudden, he spreads out those wings, and the wind catches him. <laughs> it's awkward at first, but he's figuring it out slowly. He, he knows, lean this way, go that way, lean that way, lean up. I, 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 he's, he's figuring it out. He's got it figured out. And all of a sudden, he's starting to fly. And he starts going higher. And he starts going higher and higher until he turns into a little dot in the sky. And the, and the eagle is soaring. It's mounted up with wings as eagles. I just come by to tell you today, you are not a chicken. I said, you are not a chicken. Don't you go through the week pecking in the dirt. Don't you go through the week with your head down all the time. You weren't made that way. You were made to fly. You were made to soar. You were made for more than that because you have a God who knows you, loves you, and cares about you. Come on, give him a praise in the house. Hallelujah. Let's stand all across the building, would you? Number one, you are not a chicken. Number two, you are not a hummingbird. Quit trying to do it yourself. Number three, you are not a vulture. We don't need any vultures. How do you know you're an eagle? 
Because you talk about people in front of their face and you talk about them even better behind their back. Come on. How do you know you're an eagle? Because you bless somebody who's experiencing success. You don't get jealous over them. Come on. How do you know you're an eagle? Because God, God knows who you are. He knows your name. He didn't put you in a chicken coop. He put you in a church where you can mount up with the wings as eagles and soar under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God has called you to be an eagle. If you're here and you don't know Christ, what a great day to come to know Jesus Christ. What a day to get out of the chicken coop. I said, what a day to get out of the chicken coop. That phrase, the great exchange, was coined, or at least made famous by a man by the name of Martin Luther at the time of the Reformation. And this is all he was talking about. He was talking about when a man receives Christ, the sins of men fell upon him at Calvary. They were taken away at Calvary. And the righteousness of Jesus Christ is applied to your life. And you become a child of God. I said you become a child of God. And I hope and pray that if you're here, that you'll give your life and commit your life to him. Would you bow your head for just a moment? I'm going to ask your pastor to come and conclude our altar service. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with our most recent episodes. To find out more, visit us at forwardchurchonline.com. There you can connect with us, learn more about our ministries, and submit any prayer requests you may have. We hope you join us again soon.